Welcome to another edition of Yeah, Uh-Huh with Lisa, Phil, and Aaron. And this time we're introducing a new format. And the format is... Uh, between the covers. Between mm-hmm. the between yeah. two covers. No, between the covers. It's it's more of a, uh, more well, of a already... double entendre that way. Do we know that covers is in the name? Between two covers because of the Between Two Ferns talk show. <laughs> but we'll yeah, see. But this has nothing to do with the Between Two Ferns talk show. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Well, when Aaron talks with his uh, sexy ASMR voice, <laughs> it sounds better if he says between, between the, the covers. covers. Between the covers. Yeah. Well, you see, but sadly, that makes me think of me under the covers with a flashlight. <laughs> and I was alone. Well, oh, that's okay. you do you. <laughs> I was like, where are we going with this story? <laughs> I was Lisa. like, nine. Okay. Lisa, I always say that nobody loves me like me. So you do you, girl. There you are. <laughs> well, this is this is a format that I may be in and out of. There, there might be times when I don't join join on this one because I gotta read a book. Uh-huh. But in this instance, I did read the book. Well, first of all, we got Amanda Kohlhofer and Zip List and Evening at the Movies. We also have mm-hmm. Thea Shook from the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast. Admin Thea. She's Admin, Admin, Admin Thea. Thea. <laughs> and of course, that we is have I. Anna, who is our hey, hey. fire co-host. Many greetings, all. And with that. Greetings and hallucinations. <laughs> Lisa, why don't you set up the book a little bit here so we can. Okay. It's going to be an open forum. We're not going to do any. Uh, grading or uh, yeah, bracketology or anything like that the, the long walk by richard bachman mm-hmm. aka stephen king um basically it's uh, a dystopian setting in which uh, 100 boys in their teens or young men in their teens are uh, they volunteer to take this walk and they keep walking until there's only one person left alive and if you fall by the wayside, if you fall behind, um, if you stop to tie your shoe, go to the bathroom, if you take too long, they will shoot you. You have to keep a yeah. certain pace and you have to just keep walking. Four yeah. miles an hour. Yep. Right. Which and is fast. No yeah. sleep, no breaks. No Nothing. I really you have toyed... to eat and drink on the go. And yeah, four miles an hour is a fast oh, pace. And no walk. one can hand you anything. No one nope. can give you anything except the organizers of the walk. They do provide, um, upon demand, canteen refills. And um, once a day, I think it was, they provide uh, basically army rations. You MREs, to, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, you were allowed to they're, bring a backpack. They're in, they're in tubes bring food, that kind of thing. So these were nutrition-based tubes that are flavored, um, just basically army rations for this dystopian society. It's the original Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought about taking a walk this weekend and trying to, you know, because I got an Apple Watch Mm -hmm. and I don't use it very often, but I thought about going out and timing myself four miles per hour to try to get a sense for what the What that was like. Yeah. Well, I know I could do, when I was in high school, I could do a 10-minute mile. Okay. So four miles per hour isn't really super fast, but it's it's a good clip. Yeah. The long story and short, the, I didn't. <laughs> the pacing was trucks. They had trucks full of soldiers. And if you got too slow, you got shot. You got warnings. Well, yeah, you got three warnings. Um, and the they third won- warning... They shot you. Or yes, that's correct. After the, the third after warning. the third warning, yeah. Right, right. 
For some reason, I imagine these trucks looking like. Has anyone seen Maximum Overdrive? Another Stephen King thing. Okay, no. well, yeah. there's these tanks. It's just like a tank that drives itself, and it has a big gun on the top, and mm. it's just like a square. I, for some reason, like a half track kind of thing. Yeah, like I just pictured these like mini tanks with guns on them going yeah. alongside of them. <laughs> I I was picturing those army trunks that have the like tent like thing over the top. Only yeah. they didn't have the tent. Yeah. It was just yep. the bones. So I had a sense it was a dystopia, but I didn't feel like it wasn't necessarily far into the future or anything. It wasn't like technologically uh, overwhelming or anything. In fact, it seemed right. technologically backward, but that might have been on purpose. Maybe it was well, a societal decision. I mean, you get the feeling that it's taking place in probably like the 50s yeah, or 60s, I think. That's kind of just- how I felt. Yeah. With a lot of uh, talking about the war a lot, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. It was 70s, though, because they mentioned John Travolta. Oh, oh okay. Right. There you I go. forgot about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. I forgot about that. But it was one of those things where they, they didn't have any. It was depression. There was a depression economy. People didn't have enough food. Um, I got the feeling that maybe some of these uh, families might have even... Um, been a little bit relieved that the son wasn't coming back unless he brought back riches. Yeah. Yeah. I so honestly turn off kitchen, please. Mm-hmm. Okay. I liked the book. I did. Um, I liked that. It left me wanting to know more about the society. Yeah. Um, exactly. I wanted to know why this happened, but that was also extre- one of the most frustrating things about it too. It's like, I wanted more fleshed out about the society and why this happened. Why they're doing yeah. this? You know how yeah. that's king for you. Was yeah, yeah I exactly. I don't know that they showed anything that, that everywhere in America. Oh, so, I don't sorry, know if they showed that. anything that indicated everybody was poor necessarily. No, Most, I didn't get that. I'm just I'm I'm alluding to the fact that the, in the first place, these people are willing to let their children die for some money. But that's it's uh, for the major for, for a wish, right? It's some yeah, kind of me. weird patriotic nationalistic right. thing. Yeah. Yeah, but, but most of them talked about asperity, as and you know, and it's about gambling too. About yeah. not having any money. It's definitely about gambling. Most of them were there because they needed the the money. Well, we talked about peanuts on another. Most thread. of them were there because they wanted to die. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. like peanut, you know, like where the, the parents are kind of like nondescript or, or not. The, these aren't exactly children. We should say they're 16, 17. One of them is married, I believe. So uh, they're mm-hmm. they're, they're yeah. like uh, 13 to 19. But they're teenagers. Ins- they're kind of insulated. I thought they were 20s. No, yeah, they were. I think they were all supposed to be under 18. Oh, yeah. See, and I got the feeling that they were like, I don't know, 15 to like, Stebbins well, struck me as much older for some reason. Right, right. I don't think there were very many under 15 and none of them were characterized. Yeah. And But the age range, I believe it mentioned it somewhere in the book, but that might have just been my brain. And the walk I, had I, a drastic aging effect on everybody. It comes right. up two or three, four yeah. places in the book. Yeah. Well, and, and plus it's a, they were, most of them were raised in austerity and that can cause you know, you have to work earlier. You have to be more responsible towards your family. Some of them probably yeah. hadn't been to school in a long time. Uh, the kid that got married, his family was probably glad he got married because then he was somewhere else and they weren't responsible for feeding him. Yeah. I mean, let's That's, face it. Yeah. Some of them had to be a little bit relieved that they're a teenager who, let's face it, teenage boys will eat. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, you don't know, know much about it other than this mm-hmm. little ecosystem that the contestants right, live in. Right. You should say that they're they're no. they're volunteers. They're doing they're right. doing this of their own free will. It's a patriotic thing, but at the same, yeah. it's somehow it's patriotic. But excuse me, at the end of it, the only person left standing um, supposedly gets a prize. But. I mean, you know, so at what cost? I mean, right. do you even want it anymore? Prize, at that point? Whatever you demand. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever, right. whatever your heart desires. <laughs> right. So like uh, the one kid, uh, what was his name? Steeps or Stebbins. Stebbins. Yeah. Stebbins. Stebbins wants all he wants is for the major to acknowledge that he's his son and bring him into his family. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Uh, and the major has uh, obviously he's a sociopath and mm-hmm. he has manipulated Stebbins ever since Stebbins found out that he was the major's son. Um, he's manipulated him into being, you know, telling him, oh, you'll just be a spy. Like, yeah, right. <clears throat> so I thought that it was a work at first when Stebbins said that he was the major stepson. I was like, oh, this oh, guy's. Yeah. Because you come across people that are full shit all the time in life, right? Mm-hmm. And he seemed like he was philosophical and he was trying to engage him and, and be, you know, a little bit uh, cagey with the way he talked to uh, Ray Garrity, who was mm-hmm. the, the uh, main character of the, of the book. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was a work. But then, you know, it took me a while to, for it to click that, okay, I guess he is. I guess he is uh, actually the illegitimate son of the major. Now, right. how do you mean, how are you using the word work? Because I'm not. Like a scam? Yeah, yeah. Like a lie? You know, so like, he was lying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like people might but come up to you. The thing is, he didn't say he was the major son until almost the end. Yeah. So was he trying? Right. Yeah, it was like three quarters of the way through. Oh, three quarters? Okay. About, so that's where I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to listen to it again. I haven't had a chance to. Um, I listened to most of it um, the second time. Because the so for me, when I listen, I have to listen to people like Stephen King, um, mm-hmm. his books. So there, there's some authors that I absolutely love, but I hate reading them. And Stephen mm-hmm. King is one of those for me. So is Diana Gabaldon. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I love the Outlander series. I love the books. I have read them, but it's a struggle. I much prefer them in audio format. Anne Rice is another one. Um, just the way they write, it's, it's, I, I'm much more, I, I, I just can't stand sitting down and reading it. I like the audiobook, Um, and that's how I feel about King. So, um, the first time I went through this, I don't think I caught it all, but the second, the second time I went through the book, I definitely got more of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, it's been kicked around that there would be a film adaptation over the years, but it's never come to fruition, you know? No, thank you. Oh, I want one. <laughs> no. Now, Aaron, do you have any idea the uh, the Japanese show that predates the Hunger Games? That's almost the exact same format. I've never watched the Hunger Games. So. Okay. Well, no. there's a Japanese version that, uh, or Japanese or Korean, I'm not sure which, that um, that predates the Hunger Games by quite a bit, and it's almost exactly the same thing. It's teenagers pitted against each other in a life or death struggle. Hmm. Um. I mean, obviously, there's going to be little bits that are different, but it's tried almost and, the same story. Tried and true. Like, uh, it something <laughs> like tribal or I can't remember trial. But we got a difference yeah. of opinion here about mm-hmm. the film up that adaptation. Yeah. Thea was like, yeah, I want a part of that. And yeah. Amanda's like, no, thank you. It. And uh, yes, please. Yeah. I, I think I I think I would rather see a film adapt adaption adaptation of, of Rage than the long walk the long walk i can see how it could be really boring unless they play up the characterization very very well breakfast and it would be too hard for them to do that badly really you could have pretty cool scenery if you shot it right yeah so amanda why why would you like to see why would you like to see the adaptation adaptation I think that it could be done really well. Like, yeah, there's yeah. parts that are boring, but when you turn it into a movie, and especially if you get someone like, for some reason, I could see Jordan Peele doing it. Like, mm. make, you know, kind of like a, a little more edgy, but mm. I don't know. I I'm think in. The way that it's written, like the physical pain, if you don't feel pain reading this, like. Exactly. My and I feel like they could, that could transition well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm in a recliner and my feet hurt. And I think the emotions between the boys could be done really well on screen, you know, depicting how really attached they get to each other. Like it's not really ever mentioned, but they're, you know, they're constantly trying to save each other and help each other out. And so it's like brothers in arms, so to speak. Or they're not, or they're sabotaging. Right. (laughs) Like that one guy, Bark, Barkovich or whatever. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Bark. Bark. Stebbins a little bit too. Right, he, yeah. Was a, yeah. he was a little asshole, wasn't he, Barkovich? He was always throwing out bar at somebody. And, and yeah, you I never didn't... know what, what a person's personal story is until they tell you the story. Mm-hmm, and I right. think I can relate to Barkovich when he finally admits that he's just lonely and he doesn't 
and and it's obvious that he doesn't know how not to be an asshole and it's it's pretty clear he's never going to learn how not to be an asshole yeah yeah. I just think there's so many emotions in this book that yeah. it, conversations and, you know, the the pain and the things they talk about and their innocence and then how they kind of go crazy. Like, I just think all of that could be brought to screen if it really well, if it was done right. So right. now there's this movie called 84 Charing Cross Road, and I think it's an example of what you're talking about. All it is, is these two people writing letters. One's in New York. One's in New York. uh a poet, author, and uh, uh, she enjoys rare books. And one is a uh, bookseller in England. And it's called 84 Charing Cross Road. And it is like the best freaking thing on earth. It's so good. The way they do it is perfect. And I think it's Sir Anthony Hopkins is the best, is the bookseller. So right there, you know. You were starting Um, to say something a minute ago? I forgot what it was. I apologize. No, it's okay. But yeah, I oh, I, can oh, oh. No I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like Stebbins. I thought he was a dick. Well, yeah, yeah. total dick. Yeah, yeah. But his backstory was- that we eventually did get three quarters of the way left me yeah. a little sympathetic, but not because the com- major made him a dick. Well, not enough. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. He didn't know who his father was. He found out it was a major and he was rejected. Well, whenever so, you got a dick, you usually got a bigger dick. Right. Behind him. Yeah. yeah. And then he grew up, <laughs> he grew up with less. He thought, you know, this was my father and he should have. I think his personality is dickish. Yes. Look at Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. Well, I think he's playing mind games, though. I mean, yeah. Oh, so, some of these people trained for this, you know, that's so. His job. Yeah, so he was, he was groomed for this. Yeah, so he, he knows exactly what he's doing. Like, yeah, he's a dick, but he has a method to it. Like, you know, he's trying to win. And and here's my thing, too. They have all this time to prepare for this. And almost none of them appear to have taken long walks so that they were physically more, you know, and, and don't wear new shoes. Don't wear tennis yeah. shoes. Don't wear boots. Don't wear heavy shoes. There's all these rules that they're supposed to follow. And and I don't know if maybe some of them can't afford the kind of shoes that they need that are appropriate for the, you know, but I think every one of them should have had a backpack with a second pair of shoes and some food and something, you know, because they could get the canteen to screw drink because drink's too heavy. So now all these things came together and that's what gave you the impression that maybe they were kind of destitute. They yeah. didn't have the yeah, gear was, for this. Funny, they weren't prepared for this. You know, they were some of them for whatever reason didn't they were bring. desperate for money. So yeah. but they're in a small town though, right? It's kind of a small town. So. Oh, most no, they're of from them they're small. from all over the country. Right. They're yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. They have to apply. It's nationwide. Gotcha. Yeah. And they but also, you just have to outlast somebody. So I think some of them were thinking, all I got to do is last, let's say, 24 hours. Well, I'm not going to need another pair of shoes. But obviously, yeah. it goes a lot longer than that. But Right, right. Yeah. Well, and most of them knew that it. the record was, what, four days or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something. Or wasn't it? I don't uh, four, Three or four. four so, and for me, it would be way easier to have a second pair of shoes, like boat shoes or something. Or even three pairs of those boat shoes. That or way you can just slip on a new boat shoe instead of trying to tie, you know, take off and tie. Because a lot of them ended up barefoot by the end, mm, including yeah. Garrity. Well, so I was listening to the latest <laughs> Rock and Roll Heaven, and you were talking with TJ, too, about staying up. Oh, Okay, first of all, Waylon <laughs> stayed up one time six straight days. <laughs> yeah. He was so wired, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the stimulus of uh, cigarettes and drugs and, you know, whatever. And you guys were talking about how long you've been up, you know, at a time. And I think, Thea, you said you had gone three days without sleep. Me too. But it, yeah, but it was assisted by like LSD and orange juice. Mine was ADD. It's different. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm not allowed to drink orange juice. (laughs) Not to laugh at your ADD. That was very No, it's not funny. No, no, ADD is not. I'm sorry. It is funny. LSD, not so funny. LSD is but, funny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I had a blast. <laughs> I, I believe I, it was fun. I'm pretty sure Aaron and Philip have partaken of LSD at some point. 
But I, um, I, how about you, Amanda? But, but put on top of that, you're walking. You're walking the whole time. Imagine yeah, how. Yeah. I no, I'm I'm very scared to do drugs because I feel like I'd be the person that gets hooked the first time. Um, I have also been drugged and uh-huh. did not like the way that's I different. felt. So yeah, I, I'll, me too. I'll do edibles like marijuana, but that's it. Yeah, I was always very careful and choosy about what I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I researched the snot out of stuff before I would try it, mm-hmm. and I never got into anything too heavy. You know, I mean, honestly, when you think about the kind of drugs out there, LSD, mushrooms, that kind of stuff isn't isn't that bad. Um, right. But, you know, I, I I liked the the psychedelic kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But there was no suggestion in the book <laughs> that any of the contestants were wired that way. No, no, no. That's interesting. I thought I just think it's cool how the the, the storytelling is good. It's raw because it's like an early work of uh, Bachman slash King. But it's it's good in that it kind of is insular between the contestants. You know, it, it really everything on the periphery is very nondescript. We don't know anything about the politics of the the, yeah. the regime. We don't know anything about the parents other than like flashbacks. The society or, as a whole. You know, just just yeah. kind of peripheral stuff. You know, it's really concentrated on uh, these contestants. And I thought it was interesting that the contestants didn't really. I mean, some of them to to a degree tried to sabotage the other. But for the most part, they were somewhat supportive and they only became desensitized to the killings as it went on, you know, as it went on. And they yeah. were feeble minded from lack of sleep and and at the point where it was yeah. desperate, you know, they had mean, early, early on, yeah. they tried to make pacts to not help each other. Yeah. yeah. OK, but towards the end, they actually did make that pact. But I've seen well, games of DeVries, uh, DeVries and uh and but the then main they still character did it. couldn't help it. Yeah, yeah. Garrity right. couldn't help Garrity. it. Right, right. I thought it was understated, though. Have you ever watched Survivor? Those people would yeah. rip yeah. Never. throats out of their... You know, their well, oh, I love Survivor. TV show. <laughs> I do, too. made to be... You know, that kind of show didn't exist when Stephen King wrote this. Right. The only reality TV show I think I've ever watched was The Osbournes. Yeah. I that loved that, too. But, um, that. Amanda, I got to tell you, if you like Survivor... You need to find a way to watch Australian Survivor. Okay. Australian Survivor is way more like Aust- like Survivor used to be. Okay. It's it, it's really good. It's really really good. I like it better than American Survivor. Okay, I'll try it. Yeah, Survivor Survivor's addictive. I like their Big Brother. I've I love Big Brother. Australia's Big Brother. <laughs> Could never get and into Canada's. it. Canada's. I like Canada's Big Brother. Australia's Big Brother, the first one I ever saw, and I don't know which season it was, they take and they put, most of the people are in the house, and they put four people in a cage, and they tell the hanging over the swimming pool in the heat, and they tell the people in the house that it's up to them how long the people stay in the cage, and for every, like, hour that they leave these people in this cage with no food, no water, in the sun, um... Uh, they get more food and they do not provide food like they do in Amer- American Big Brother. Well, Amanda, wasn't the first one of Survivor, the mm-hmm. Richard dude that walked around naked and offended everybody? Yeah. That was and, season and, one. The, and the then ta- didn't pay the his tax taxes. Fraud guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Richard, so, yeah, I can't remember a, thing. It's a real Richard Hatch. Thing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, this, going, oh, sorry. This, this book, you have to remember, is like, 17 18 year old Stephen King so this is like I mean he was 17 when he wrote Rage so you gotta guess that these other stories in the book were written around the same age so it's very young and very different as he has like matured and then his drug years those are the best books by the way (laughs) yeah I'm going back to the film adaptation I think they they could age the characters in the course of the walk Mm-hmm. That does come up a bunch of times. There's the, um, mm-hmm. was it Olson? Was the one whose hair turned white? Mm-hmm. Um, the southern one, Baker, I think, was uh, saying that he's uh, getting senile. And then toward the end, um, Stebbin says, "Tell us a story, Garrity. Tell us a story. It'll take our minds off our troubles." He'd aged unbelievably. Stebbins was an old man. Yeah, McVries said he also looked ancient and wizened. So he just. Age them up as the movie goes yeah. along. That would be interesting. Wait, yeah, because yeah, you think about how the hysteria and the madness 
the how your mind can just overtake your body as you are lacking food, sleep, basic human necessities. Like yeah. it'd be easy to do. Yeah, they'd be losing weight throughout the whole thing too. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, what is it? I do believe that if Jordan Peele did it right with good actors and good characterizations, I do believe it could be an Oscar contender. Well, you know, I'm not a fan of like Walking Dead. I don't like these things mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, it's a good theory. It's creative and everything. The dystopian stuff, I find it depressing. So I'm curious as to why Thea wouldn't would not think it's a good uh, film. I'm just not the biggest fan of horror. Mm. Okay. You call you think this is horror? It borderline yeah. is. <laughs> it's for sure. I, I mean, I, yes, the concept is horrific. I guess for me, this is more of like a psychological thriller the, kind of thing. The, but, 90, yeah. the yeah, 99 the plus area. kids getting shot every so often. Okay. Yeah, yeah and, you're right. You know, like like my favorite Stephen King work is definitely not the horror stuff. You know, Shawshank. I love the one. Uh, yeah, Shawshank, Shawshank was good. I liked um, the, the one he did on Kennedy. Um, oh, 11, 63. That was yes. a good one. I love that Stand, one. Stand by me. Green Stand mile. by me. Yep. The green mile. I like that kind of Stephen King. I'm just not, I'm just not a big horror fan. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a huge horror person either. Like, I, no I don't like, like I'm obsessed that, that, that affect <laughs> yeah. my sleep. Yeah. I do yeah. like horror movies. I like horror movies, but the, yeah. for some reason, the, uh, yeah, this type of, uh, drama, I don't know. I feel like it's been overdone or I, I don't, I don't necessarily think it'd be a movie I'd go to, but I, unless she wanted no. to take, <laughs> I mean, if, if you think about it though, it's kind of the perfect way to get rid of, um, the power youth that are most likely to cause trouble. The adventure. I can ones, see that. The ones that are willing to take a risk. Bill, yeah. if not a movie, how about a 10 episode Netflix series? Yeah, that could work. That yeah. could work. I am loving limited series now where they're yeah. taking well, books and really expanding on them. Like, I really like that. Right. Um, did Did you guys see uh, Unbelievable? I did. Yeah. That oh, was, my God, Thea, you have to see it. It's heartbreaking. It's, it is. It's just I know what it is. Yeah. I'm currently it, enjoying um, uh, Firefly Lane. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Um, Fatal it's, Attraction. It's, Unbelievable is a limited series uh, based on a true story about a girl who got raped and nobody believed her. Oh, and it's got Tony Collette and uh, who was the other chick? I don't know. I don't know. It's been so long, but that was no, good. It's been not Tony Collette and this other chick who used to be heavy too, but I can't remember her name. But they were both actresses that you really like. Um, and and the girl was played the the girl that played the. The rape victim, How do you know they're and actresses she did I really such a like. good job. Huh? How do you know <laughs> they're actresses I really like? In general. Yeah. Who doesn't Lisa. like Tony Collette? I like Tony Lisa. Collette. Right, right there, Tony Collette. I like Collette. Tony Collette. Okay. Well, there you are. Lisa. But the other one. Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry to exclude, you know, Phil and Aaron on this one, but like Firefly Lane is totally geared towards women. Yeah. Um, I strongly recommend the book and then watch the series. It, it's, yeah. the, the book hit me in the gut in a way that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> that yeah. book hit me like um, like the Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood did. Um, just very oh. powerful. It's amazing. And then, yeah. And then the, the way they're doing the series is outstanding. So do it. I mean, guys, you can watch okay. it too, but I just, it's really kind of a, a like a women's it's, story kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's like women's drama. I've got a lot of yeah. watching homework ahead of me. But, Lots of mustache. But very here. relatable, but very relatable. Yeah, not, yeah. not like crazy drama, but like extremely relatable real world kind of stuff. Well, yeah. I, like I mean, ultimately it's about friendship. So yes, at that's the core of it. It's for everyone. What the topic is. As long as it's a good movie, I don't give a shit what the. It's a you know, series. You know, yeah. oh, she was in the uh, Nurse Jackie. Edie Falco. Edie Falco. No, the other one. Merritt Weaver was in Nurse Jackie. She was the uh, nurse. Oh, yeah. The sweet young nurse. Okay. That okay. was really good. Yeah. She, yeah. Tony Collette is underrated. She's really good. Oh, no, she's I don't really think like she her. is. She's amazing. Yeah, she is. I don't think she's a, that underrated. I mean, her Australian stuff was okay, but the stuff she's done more recently, she really knows how to pick a vehicle. United States and Ontario drive is really good. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I want her to do more comedy because I think like yeah, she's her funny. comedy is underrated. Like in Knives Out, she's so just like 
it's it's a small part but she's really funny in it and then in like um little miss sunshine it's like equal dramatic and funny but she's funny in oh that too like God, she's just I really quirky oh yeah that movie is so good love that yeah one. when the girl starts to strip tease at the end and the whole family <laughs> just says oh well and joins her <laughs> yeah when when uh when the grandma dies and they just go with it <laughs> yeah they're driving him around in the car like yeah the van that they can't turn off because it won't start again oh yeah. it's a good movie so funny we know we should talk mm-hmm. about bachman himself yeah. because mm-hmm. uh you know it's it's well known now that he was a oh. you know pseudonym for stephen king but when this book came out i assume that was not what no. uh known mm-hmm. um we've had a we had a guest on the other night who worked for Stephen King and he was close enough where he like went to Bruce Springsteen concerts and stuff with him. But well, sorry about that. But why? In fact, we invited uh, Bachman on this episode, but you know, I'm still giving it a a chance, but it's really dwindling by the minute here. Oh, nice. So here's OG. That one's got rage in it, right? This one has rage in it. Yeah. So this is the one I'm reading to you guys. So why, mm-hmm. right, Amanda is is reading Rage to us digitally right now, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Yes, you know, we really, really enjoying appreciate that. it. Um, but mm-hmm. Bachman, uh, or King decided he needed to write under this pseudonym. Why Why is that, do you think? Why, why do you feel like he needed? Well, it says I... right here. <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you go ahead, Thea. We listened I... to the book. We did not read the foreword. No, personally, I think it's just like um, it's compartmentalizing compartmentalizing personas. I think that's why a lot of authors do that. Yeah, it's not unheard of, is it? What he says is like really like, okay, so between 1907 and 1984, he published five novels under the pseudonym Bachman. Um, He said, he said there was two reasons. First, because the first four books, all paperback originals, were dedicated to people associated with my life. And second, because my name appeared on the copyright forms of one book. He said, now people are asking me why I did it, and I don't seem to have any satisfactory answers. <laughs> I don't know. So something I like about Stephen King that he's done over the years, um, when he's a fan of something and he nerds out on something, he gets involved in it. Like, mm-hmm. do you remember the show Sons of Anarchy? Yeah, mm-hmm. he had a cameo on Sons of Anarchy. He, yeah. he do it, do it, just to wrap it up. Um, still alive. He, <laughs> in my world, that's true. Oh, that's the, true. I found so, the end a little annoying. Right. Um. So so Stephen King actually does a does kind of a cameo on there as Bachman uh, uh, on an episode, which I do is pretty great. I remember him being in a cameo, but I didn't. I didn't get the yeah. Bachman. We saw yeah. it, but I totally yeah. flaked on it. I don't remember that at all. Yep. I'll find it online and I'll send it to you guys. But yeah, I, I, that's one of the things I like about Stephen King. You know, I also like that it, like he's extremely wealthy. He's wildly successful. But yet, dude still goes to punk rock concerts wearing ripped up jeans and a T-shirt, holding this freaking portfolio under his arm. You know, he loves to go see Rancid and stuff like that. I, I respect people like that. I dig that. Yeah. Yeah. He's been through a lot in his life. I mean, yeah. And has, I feel like, it's funny because, you know, I always joke, I'm like, the best books he wrote were when he was high all the time or drunk all the time. But it's like, yep. that it's true, but it's also a bad thing to say now because, you know, he had that bad car accident. He almost died. Yep. Now he's kind of like turned his life around and he's still writing fantastic books. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, they say know. the same thing about musicians, too. Yeah. yeah. So who's a bigger rock star author, Stephen King or like Hunter S. Thompson? Hunter S. Thompson. Thompson. Yeah, if you're saying rock star. Thompson's but but Hunter Thompson is um for me, I mean Stephen King is more, I don't know, maybe he's more grassroots folk in a way than rock star. I guess yeah. He's pretty dark. Well, one's one's more a journalist and one's yeah. more a fiction writer. Yeah. King is more down to earth with his addictions and stuff like that. Hunter S. Thompson was just batshit crazy and out there about it and didn't care what anybody thought. Right. You know, that that's the differentiating factor for me. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So Bachman wrote these books under, he felt like he, you know, whatever his motivation was, but uh, we talked about rage and rage was uh, a book that, uh, 
a lot of people point to as being responsible for a lot of really, really terrible things that have happened at school yeah, and stuff. So. Um, yeah. Well, King was at least sensitive enough to it that he pulled rage off the shelves. Yeah. But it, well, it occurred to me. Okay, go ahead, Amanda. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. Well, I was just to say he pulled it because it was it was a few years before Columbine. So it wasn't Columbine. I can't remember where it was. Um there was a school shooting and the boy had a copy of Rage in his locker. And so that was kind of when the school shooting stuff really kind of first, you know, after Columbine, it was just kind of like whatever. But um, so he yeah. nobody, you know, some people kind of blamed him, but it kind of went away. But he, you know, like I said he had the foresight to say, OK, once this goes out of print, we're not going to reprint it anymore. So he didn't. He didn't pull it from the shelves, but he said all the ones that are already printed, Just let them sell. Pulled it out of the pulled right. it out of circulation. But pulled it out of the rotation for the next printing. So yeah. pick it out of circulation. Yeah. Well, the, the answer may be obvious, but I thought a good question would be what is the demark between rage and what's probably more violent, at least if you go by the body count <laughs> book and the long walk. You know, why yeah. you know well, but the long it's walk's voluntary for one. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> They're volunteering yeah. even though they know they can get shot. I think, you know, rage hits you right at home. You know, a school shooting is I mean, school is where kids should feel safe. And, you know, they didn't volunteer for that. Right. The rage is about in, in a way, at least one of them shoot. did, because the girl went to the bathroom and came back. Yeah, but that's more of a I think a, a mass like a psychological thing. I those kids knew he wasn't going to kill them. I don't know how they knew that. It was just like a shared, unspoken rule almost. It, it was- is true that the whole mood of that classroom was that he was not going yeah. to. So what were you saying? Me that- oh. You're about to say something. Um, I, I still had some things about the long walk. And I I, I said, oh, rage is about school shootings. Mm-hmm. So I haven't I haven't read that one at all. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's about school shooting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A kid basically takes his classroom hostage and he kills a couple of teachers and whatever. And then it's, it's really like the breakfast club meets a horror movie. Like all the kids are sitting there in class talking about their deep, dark secrets. And, you know, it's very, it's a very, so interesting social experiment. Yeah, it is. So the dark figure at the end that Garrity kept chasing after, is that death? Is he chasing death? I think so. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know either. I mean, who else? What? Who else could it be? For me, it just seems like that's the only answer. Meaningless hallucination, they, I guess, is the yeah. other. Answer. Right, right. It's just hallucination, but it's a hallucination of of impending death, and that's where the when Stebbins talks he about thinks it's another walker winners, ahead of him that he's got to catch. Yeah. He doesn't know. He doesn't recognize the face, but. But the description makes it sound more like death, you know? Yeah. No. I uh, feel like it's a version of himself he's trying to reach. Like, maybe. like the end. Like, he's trying to reach this. I mean, death makes sense to you. I just feel like maybe it's like more like this next version of himself he's trying to like catch up with if he wins and gets whatever he wants. Reincarnation. Kind he's of. already, he's already won, but he can't even fathom it. Yeah. Right. He yeah. has no idea he's won. Okay. Uh, still chasing death. Stebbins yeah. alludes, Stebbins alludes to the idea that no one actually survives the walk, mm-hmm. that they never have to pay out the prize, that the mm-hmm. one year that they did actually pay out the prize, the guy died three days later of yeah. something like an infection or something. So do you think that that is his speculation or do you think being the major's son, he has knowledge? Mm-hmm. I uh, can see it either way. Yeah, I can yeah. see it being or, true, but I could also see it him telling them that just to fuck with their heads. Yeah, yeah. he studied yeah. the walk more than any of them, yeah. probably. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You guys well, think most people lose it? I mean, you win that, but again, at what cost? Because right. you don't go, you don't come back from something like that. Like, no, you, don't. you may go on, and you know, you could get your prize or do whatever, but that would change you so fundamentally yeah. that by the time you won, you probably wouldn't even want the prize anymore. The gunshots don't startle him anymore. And yet, once he's recovered and back home, anything that sounds like a gunshot is probably going to send him PTSD, for sure. Definitely. Absolutely. There has to be PTSD. 
That's one of the things like in the Hunger Games, when they created the victor's villages in each precinct, um, I think that was a, it was probably, it wasn't meant as a kindness, but I think it probably ended up being a kindness, at least in some precincts where there was more than one or two winners. Hmm. Well, that's you know, the shared, shared trauma. Right. right. Trauma bonding. Mm -hmm. I, I had a couple other little points here, like um, Aaron alluded to the gambling. Mm -hmm. And as they walked through the little villages, there was a lot of selling of memorabilia, you know, memorabilia and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, people in support of certain contestants and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it definitely uh, created a sort of like athletic or sports atmosphere about it or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this what, was the Olympics in a sense. Yeah. So what does that say yeah. about some people knew their odds going in on, you know. I'm a nine to one favorite or whatever. Right, yeah. right. So what does that say about Steve uh, King's uh, view of uh, society or. It was, it was prescient. Was prescient. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think so. Got gambling in major league baseball now. Yeah. So. I mean, I think it's, it, it's kind of like a commentary of how it's like you watch a traffic accident and you can't look away from it. Like people are drawn yeah. to horror and trauma and it's like a, you can watch it as a spectator and then still go home and be like, well, thank God that's not happening to me. Hmm. But some Did of these people the seem man? sickly obsessed. Was the running man, yeah. Stephen King. Yeah. It's in this book. It's, it's another, it's a Bachman. game yeah. show apocalyptic thing. Yeah. So I like the, I like in the beginnings of the chapters when he, like quotes game show hosts mm -hmm. too. I liked that too. That was cool. And then you think about the 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 progression in the uh, participants. Where at the beginning, Garrity's so excited because that girl is all Garrity, Garrity. He's our man. And then he goes over and he kisses her and he slips her the tongue. And if you think about it, two days later, that same girl would not have gotten that reaction. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Right. So he, as he progressed and experienced the situation, his view of life, the situation, and the just the whole thing changed. Another himself. guy shot, right? Mm -hmm. what? His view of himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one of the parts that stuck out with me, I'm sorry, Aaron, what were you saying? Mm -hmm. Oh, another another girl got a guy shot from kissing yeah, him and slowing him that's down. That's right. I think she kind of yep. got off on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, another she opened her legs to him. That's yeah, right. I think, he banged her. Yeah, but he didn't finish and then he was like couldn't walk anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, that's Jacked right. himself up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that struck me was like the whole fandom of it were like, you know, were I remember the part where Stebbins, not Stebbins, um Garrity was like he was not going to shit on the road and have somebody come out and scoop it up. Mm -hmm. you know, to sell later as a souvenir. I was just like, oh God, but that's, you can see it. eBay. Yeah. yeah, but you could see it. It's like, oof. Yeah. And that's where I think Aaron's right, that prescience mm -hmm. comes into play. Well, and that's why I felt like this, again, reminded me of the Hunger Games and who knows if, you know, maybe that it was kind of inspired because in the Hunger Games, that's one of the most sickening things of it is how freaking excited these people are to watch all these kids go die. Like yeah. they're all kids. There's only going to be one left standing. And these people are like ecstatic about it. And they're cheering them on like they are the winners that, of the Super is Bowl. Is that the hunger? Yeah, the hunger. I guess. I mean, I is that know. the hunger of the hunger? I haven't watched it, so I don't. No, it's it's about food. Do they, Whoever uh, wins they do gets more them? food okay. for the year. I mean, it's them. it's basically Survivor and Lord of the Flies wrapped into one they put all these people in one place they set booby traps they and basically they all have to kill each other off until there's one left standing and yeah they don't give them food or water they have to figure it out on their own um mm -hmm. they say a lot of the contestants in the books at least a lot of the contestants die from like exposure and stuff or you yeah. know dehydration yeah well it's kind of uh the only real example is i guess the uh the, the uh, roman empire yeah you know games yeah are you not entertained yeah right. exactly <laughs> yeah no well yeah and if somebody if you're if your contestant loses you just pick another you know it's pretty callous yeah you know pretty bad yeah 
And even in the Hunger Games, they're betting on them, just like, you know, in this, people are placing bets and doing whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just, and then, and And people are paying to send them gifts. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, yeah, so it's like the better you perform for the crowd, then they will send you stuff to help you survive. It's really weird. Yeah. Like I when, like it. Uh, when uh when when she has to kiss uh what's his name? PETA. Yeah, PETA. When uh when she has to kiss PETA to get uh medicine. Yeah. To save his life. Because he's yeah, dying sure. of an infection. I heard that we're getting a prequel about um mm-hmm. snow. As yeah. like a young man or maybe even a child. I don't know how he turns into whatever. He discovers be- his lifespan. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. How does it start? How do they get to that point? Yeah. So it's just Hunger Games is insanity. But, you know, the, the only thing different about this is, again, these guys volunteer. But, you know. Yeah. I feel like if I were in this, mm-hmm. I would use up all my um, warnings after having dropped something on the ground, because it takes me so long to pick something up off the ground anymore. So, <laughs> one, two, three, you're out, you know. But That's probably why they choose teenagers and not 50-year-olds. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a... Yeah, I can, I can probably get about 20 miles before my legs get wobbly. Yeah. All right with all that I, I couldn't go that far. <laughs> I, I know they got wobbly when I had to do that unexpected loop with Otto that one time and that was about 17 miles mm. wow wow yeah um no thanks we didn't compare this with speed either the movie no where you can't slow the bus down oh yeah or it yeah. blows up it's kind of a similar it's a similar premise up there like, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 this oh, one terrifies me yeah in case you ladies don't know Otto is Aaron's grand dog oh I'm familiar with Otto. Your dog walked 17 miles? Woo! His, uh, yeah. Yep. He's, so the book terrified. He was probably fine at the end. <laughs> he was concerned about, he was concerned about Grumpy here. Aww. Yeah. No, I, the reason I said that is because I am not, like, I am not very athletic. And so if, like, if, if yeah. they forced me to do this, I'd probably be the first one out. Like, yeah, I hate walking. If you see me running, you need to be running too because it means something's wrong. I do not run for leisure or exercise. I also I have this really weird thing with my legs. I get like calf cramps really easily and haven't figured mm-hmm. out. And I drink a crap ton of water and I, you know, whatever. It's just a weird thing. So when I read it, it makes me feel pain and it makes me think. God, I would have been like the first one. I would have been like, here, just shoot me, but just shoot me in the head so I die instantly because I ain't going anywhere. Uh, have your doctor check your kidney function just to be on the safe side. I, I do have that checked. I have type okay. 1 diabetes, so I luckily okay. am on top of No, and I even had like ultrasounds to make sure there was not blood clots um, or like compartment syndrome. Nothing. And so I can't figure out what it is. I fi- Some people are just prone to them. Um, I, my doctors try to say that it's a kidney disease, but I've been having leg cramps since I was a teenager. I've had them so, since I was, yeah, a little kid too. Yeah. So maybe it's like a PCOS thing. I don't know, but it's annoying. Cause like, you know, I'll just be yeah. walking and then it's like, mm-hmm. it's like horrible pain. Like you can't oh, walk yeah. anymore. And it, even, yeah. it makes me feel Try so leaders. old. And my, my foot yeah. seizes up to the point where I can't, I can't flex my, it'll seize up like this mm-hmm. and I can't flex it so that I can actually walk. Yeah. So it's, it's just, yeah, the pain and, and the, the seized, it just hurts it so seizes much. Up. Yeah. Ew. Well, let's go, let's go around the room. Like this is my first, I don't have a point of reference. This is mm-hmm. the first Stephen King book that I've ever read. Really? Like I don't yeah. read I don't read he, fiction. He some movies, <laughs> like, but I, almost any book I ever read is is nonfiction. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, so but anyway. Oddly it's... enough, he hasn't watched the Stephen King horror movies. He's just watched like Stand By Me, The Green Mile. Well, I had no idea that Shawshank Redemption until me, me recently neither. was Stephen yeah. King. I had neither no did I. But anyway, and I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that is amazing. Let's go around the room. How would you rank this? Is this a great work by Stephen King, or is this, uh, you know, part of his, uh, just part of his his life, his pantheon, or whatever? Of, mm. You know, where's it stand? I haven't read much Stephen King. I read The Shining in like middle school, and 
think I've read some collection of short stories once. Yeah. Um, so I've read a lot of King, like a lot. Well, you guys have seen my King shelf. Like I have a crap ton of, if I had known this was your first time reading him, this isn't what I would have recommended. Um, I think as far as his short stories go, this is pretty on par. A lot of them are very like kind of, you know, twisted and thought provoking and Dark. a lot of times have unsatisfactory endings. Um, whereas his novels Ugh. aren't typically like that. The novels typically round out a whole story, but I think the short stories are more just to leave you frustrated. Yeah. Um, it worked. <laughs> but yeah. I think it's good. I think it's, you know, again, it's very young King. Um, and I can't remember Phil, was it you that said you listened to that podcast I was on and we were talking about that or yeah. um, about how you could tell? Yeah. I think that I don't think that he's immature in these stories. I think he's right because he's writing teenagers. So, of course, you know, t he and he was a teen boy at the time. So I think it's I think it was on par for his age and his early writing. But um, yeah. I don't know. I, I enjoy it. But I've read a lot of King and I, I think it's pretty it's pretty typical with his type of storytelling smack dab in the middle of the king kingdom yeah well, yeah Aaron, when oh sorry go ahead Thea. i was gonna say when i think about the king books that i'm familiar with and i've read like i've read misery i've read christine um uh the green mile um the 11 63 um the the dome under the dome under the dome oh, that's, that's it. it yeah huh. yeah yeah. Um, the stand. When I think about when I think about the books that I have read of his, I say that this is a really good indication of where he's going. So I think it's on par for when he wrote it in his career. Right. Okay. I feel that um, I have read quite a few of those. I did not realize he had he was involved with Under the Dome. Um, I would love to read the book based on that. Um I thought the series was okay, but yeah, yeah, I'd love to read the book. Um, but I feel like considering, I, I don't think I would have assumed this was a teenager writing this. I thought there was some really good psychological content. I thought mm -hmm. felt like the author knew, kind of knew something about what he was talking about. These characters didn't come off as fake. They were, in spite of the limited situation well they seemed they came off as well-rounded they had backstories so i i mean i feel like like you said i mean he did get better but i don't think this is a a lower quality of his works i don't either yeah okay to me it was a little bit of a slog yeah i i, I really did that's not the kind I of thing i got through like it. to read yeah it's not it's not my wheelhouse so right so. he doesn't actually care for fiction at all so he, he he's a factory poor baby documentaries i know right i just i'm like he has to learn to flip on his imagination so he can really i mean okay well, he, so y'all my he used to write fiction my library he just doesn't read yeah. fiction right oh we 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 had to move our library to the basement because <laughs> there wasn't room and we were a little worried that it would cross through the floor um Yikes. but uh, that's awesome uh, what is it? When uh, the last time we moved, we moved into this house. My nephew goes, "Let me guess, what's in this box?" Yeah, <laughs> and he just kept saying it. Every box. <laughs> but uh, but I'm, but yeah, the ending. I am going to say, and and this is how I felt spoiler, about the ending. Spoiler alert. Okay. Spoiler alert. Okay. I'm <laughs> the just ending of this, this book. I think yeah. there's not really much of a spoiler on this. I already but... spoiled it. Didn't yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is how I felt about the ending. Arg! <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God. I hate it. You know, and, and Philip's like, well, he wanted you to be able to put your own spin on it and to use your imagination. And I'm like, I can use my imagination. I want to know what he thought. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought Garrity was going to die. I was if I don't like the ending he chose, <laughs> I can change it. What'd you say, Aaron? I thought Sorry. Garrity was going to die. I was kind of disappointed that he made it. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I agree with you. Yeah, I kind of thought he'd do like Hitchcockian thing. I was talking to Philip about it. And I was saying, and he's like, oh, you mean kill off the star kind of halfway through the book and have somebody else take over the narration? Like, for instance, 
Devons. That could have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her. I figured he'd like sacrifice himself for McVries and take out Stebbins or something like that. Yeah. That so what happened been. to Tony Soprano? Kind of reminds me of that. Or maybe <laughs> right. he got pneumonia, maybe scram. He got, he got shot in the head. Mm-hmm. I kind of think so. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I've seen that. I've seen, I think he was killed. I've seen enough mob his movies. His family was that covered I can in his put blood. Two and two together on that. But anyway, this yeah, has been. What's his name? David Chase. Is that who the Sopranos mm-hmm. got? Um, yeah. I might have the name wrong, but yeah, he came out and said it finally. <laughs> I think I did read that. What did he say? That um, I never got that. Oh yeah, that you know, if you, if you need it spelled out, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's easy to say now because James Gandolfini's unfortunately no longer with us. Yeah. I, I wanted to see Meadow take over. Yeah. I mean, this has been a really engaging, that would have been interesting, vigorous conversation, the type of which we were hoping to get out of this. Good. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah. yeah. So uh, before I we can't go, picture I... Meadow taking over, though, the more I think about it. No, I, I can't. <laughs> None of those guys over would over any the two children, do. definitely not the son. She'd have to Fredo that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be, it'd be somebody else entirely. But before we go out, why don't we let our distinguished guests um, make their uh, pitches? Yeah, talk about their projects and their starting with Amanda. Hold on. One last thing. Is there anything about the long walk that we didn't kind of cover that you feel needs to be pointed out or highlighted? No, I think we did pretty good. Yeah. Aaron? Yeah. Aaron usually has take one one last look at my highlights here, but I don't think we missed much. Okay. Um, I mean, it found is a, a, found a book story. of matches with a tomato sauce recipe on it. Do you remember those? Yes, I do remember <laughs> that. Yep. What was it with the tomato sauce? A book of matches with a tomato sauce recipe on it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And like I wouldn't where... mind. I wouldn't mind doing this on Rage, having a discussion on Rage. I would love to have a discussion on that book again. Yeah. Well, I was wondering, Amanda, because you did do that podcast with those dudes. Mm-hmm. That was very thorough and very good about rage. But maybe you want the female uh, perspective. But, but, more. but since you're taking the time to read this to us, like a nice little bedtime story, <laughs> maybe we could uh, do a pod on that one as well, where we bring some new perspectives to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if everybody wants to listen to me talk and read it then yeah that's cool with me i yeah. i just didn't know if you wanted to use it for your uh your other venture your new uh literary podcast that you started with casey that's all and, and uh, um, no probably not j- just so you know aaron um it's less violent than the, the school long shooting walk. one is less violent I, yes <laughs> sadly well, by pure numbers maybe but it, i mean it's and i and i say this with a caveat only the teachers get shot well, Spoiler so far there, as you know. So far as we right, know, right. yeah, we've only got yeah. the chapter. Not done oh, yet. Good point. Yeah. How many more chapters so, are there? Let's see. I was going to look. Um, there's 25. Went 19 through 21, I think. So uh, next one starting is 25 and it ends with 35. So there's 10 chapters left. It's about 40 pages. So okay, I'll finish I don't this think week, I, I got 21 through 24 yet. 10 chapters is only 40 pages? Yeah, these chapters, some very of them are chapters. long and some of them are very short. Yeah. I yeah. recall one was like one paragraph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like 40 pages. I'm on page 93 and it ends at page like 130 something. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, you didn't get it? I'll I'll send it again. I got up to the, the one that started with chapter 19. Okay. Um, And it may just be you sent it and I haven't looked for a couple days. I don't know when yeah, you sent it. Yeah, because I sent it yesterday. No, Friday. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't looked at that email since yesterday. Let me, before we get to the socials and everything, let me explain our email account. Originally, the email account and the Facebook and everything was supposed to be kind of shared resource between me and Lisa at first, but then Aaron also. Mm -hmm. When you're talking to that or send an email to it, that's me. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's, it's me. It's I like, don't even know the password. Like in I'm, Facebook, I'm when sure I, I respond, I respond to something on yeah. Facebook and somebody be like, who the fuck is this cartoon character talking? But, no. You know, it's like, no, I, if- I, I need to stop doing that and use my own personal Facebook <laughs> to, to try to parse out because it was supposed to be like rock and roll heavens 
pod, you know, but I don't know how to do it. That's become crossover. So you made it, you made a person instead of a page, right? But then I did make a page too. But okay. I mean, the only way to fix it is to redo the damn thing and have Thea do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she's not busy. Yeah, not oh, at all. Yeah. Especially since she's added us podcasting work to her resume. But Amanda, go ahead. <laughs> now that that's uh, you know been covered, Amanda, go ahead and plug some of your projects. Okay. Well, I am host of The Sip List, which is a top five podcast. And we just pick a topic and count down our top five favorites. Um, I also co-host An Evening at the Movies with Casey, which is a movie review podcast. Um, I co-host Crime Rewind with my friend Shanna. And we talk about cold cases that need more attention. And then the newest one is Literature Reapers, which I think will probably be just a once a month thing, which is very similar to what we're doing here. We one of us picks a book. We all three read it and then we discuss. So we just Those are, are first... all horror, I guess. No, um, no, they, no. The next one, the next one is not horror. So mm. the first one was How to Sell a Haunted House. And that episode is out now. The book, the next book we are doing is A Time to Kill, which we're finishing up. I've already finished reading. Um, and then the third book is going to be like a thriller, like a mystery, not a horror. So haven't they made a TV show loosely based on how to sell a haunted house? I don't think so. This is a really new book. Okay. That's a great I idea. mean, I, if there was a, if you had seen a TV show based on this book, I promise you would know it. This book is so messed up. If creepy dolls or puppets or anything scare you. Oh yeah. It, it's yeah. It's nope. Grady Hendrix I, is I'm a not even writer fond of stuffed really animals good. anymore. I'm, I'm out like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Amanda. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having uh, me. Yeah. The, uh, Do you have a bad furry experience or something, Lisa? Just the, <laughs> you know, reading horror fiction and watching movies and the uh, the glassy eyes of the dolls. Uh, dolls. I've always found dolls a little creepy. Yeah. I didn't even like baby dolls when I was little. I Barbie or nothing. I did not want a baby doll. Stuffed yeah. animals, though? Um, yeah. Stuffed animals. The eyes can get glassy. Um, somebody once made the mistake of giving me a clown. Oh, no. A stuffed I clown? I murdered it. Nope. That'd be kind I of I murdered it with extreme prejudice. I think it scared my mother just a little <laughs> Is bit. Is that Barney? Oh, now that's cute. No. <laughs> this is my stegosaurus that I got at FAO Schwartz. Oh, and nice. she roars. Her name's Steffi. Is she scary? Aww. Hi, Steffi. Not too scary. She's got no, a spiky tail. No, not too scary. It's just I don't. He roars. Want to, I don't want to wake up in the night and nice. see the, and the light glinting yeah. off a of stuffed animal's eyes. Oh, uh, like two stories tall. It might be a little bit more frightening. Yeah, <laughs> and I will say that the last stuff it might I, not. <laughs> the last stuffed animal that I received as a gift was a uh, a two foot. By three foot, Pegasus. Uh, pink Pegasus with silver wings. Ooh! And um, we did rehome it to a, a a friend of his from work that had a little girl. Aaron was actually going to set that for you. Thought you were going to yeah. say that Phil made a turducken or something. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, it was my oh, you had your toes removed on Valentine the day before Valentine's Day present. Eee. Yeah. I wound up like giving to it to somebody mm -hmm. at work. Yeah. Was very grateful. Yeah. Oh, because nice. we didn't have room for it. I mean, this thing was huge, you know? Yeah. It was bigger than our Irish setter. It didn't weigh more, but it was bigger. <laughs> I'm about an hour into the latest rock and roll heaven, and it's just getting good. Ooh. Came through uh, Cincinnati and picked up a man's wife and. Doing all kinds of drugs. Yeah. And, uh, Basically talked the man into saying, here you are, honey. <laughs> so yeah, you uh, fill us in on what you're working on. Um, I do the uh, social media Facebook page for Rock and Roll Heaven podcast. Um, you can find us there. We're available on Spotify and all of your other favorite podcatchers. Um, and I've been making the rounds on other podcasts lately. So I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with this. Yeah. We've been a great cool. addition to our shows. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. You're coming you. online soon, too. Yes. <laughs> we need to plan it. And Casey. And Casey's got me coming for joining him for one. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We'll all probably be there, gonna, too. Yeah, I think we're going to be we doing got, the crow. 
We oh, got yeah. a TJ2 recording today, right? Yeah, we did. What nice. time is that? 3.30. 3.30 Eastern? Yeah. If it's it's on like, Wayland's uh, Honky Tonk Heroes. If it's, if it's anything like the one Thea was on, we'll need about three hours. <laughs> okay. I didn't have we that had many a lot thoughts of fun. On, this, yeah. on this short album. So. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. So. Well, thank you, everybody. That, yeah. that was a blast. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thanks, everybody. As we go out, thanks Aaron, for joining us on Yeah. Uh-huh. Aaron, Aaron, I want you to do the outro because I want to hear you say in ASR. You know. Or ASR. You know what you're going to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. Between two covers. Oh. You got you to take us out with that sexy, <clears throat> you know. You've been listening to Between the Covers. Now we close the book. <laughs> All right. I feel love. Uh, something <laughs> no right. bye everybody bye. bye we have social twitter yeah uh-huh pod instagram yeah uh-huh pod facebook yeah uh-huh pod website www.yeah-uh-huh.com so let us know hit us back have a great week